Cinema Swirl. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like I'm nearly episode 32, which is good because this is the 32nd episode of Cinema Swirl, traping through Tinseltown and knocking on all the doors of sexually predatory producers and actors. It's Kevin here alongside my OTP, Sam. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Hello. It's nice to be back on everyone's favourite biannual podcast, Cinema Swirl. I thought we'd give it an old cinema whirl again at doing another cinema swirl. Yeah. Give me an old, uh, give me an old cinema twirl there. Let me get to look at the front and the back at you there. Huh? <laughs> How you doing, you know? Yeah. Huh? I've got another one. They're mostly based on twirls, like the bar, you know, then it was going to be like a, a snack-sized twirl, but I kind of feel like I'm repeating material then, so I might stop. Twirl or flake? Oh, man, it's got to be a flake. Come on. Yeah? All right. If you need any sort of a distinction as to why one is better than the other, mm. okay, what gets you more aroused? Good question. The crumbliest, flakiest chocolate and a sexy mouth eater. Yeah, yeah. Or, I'm so dizzy, my head is spinning like a whirlpool, it never ends. Yeah, number two. Number two, definitely number two. Number two. You're what's wrong with, uh, I assume, America <laughs> and every other country that has the concept of wrongness to its name, okay? It's obviously... The crumb, it's gotta be a flake, Sam. Okay. Right. I'm gonna put it, I, I got a 99 recently and they put a fucking twirl in it. Whoa! Okay, power move. Love that. <laughs> you love that! <laughs> can I get it with a flake? That's like the Coke Pepsi thing. Like, can I have a flake, oh please? God. Oh, we've got twirls. Is that alright? No! Not the same you and thing. I were talking about ice cream floats recently, mm. and do you think anyone has ever asked for, oh, can I have a Pepsi ice cream float, please? Like, uh, No. Because <laughs> the only thing that would make this very sweet concoction of sweet Coke and sweet ice cream better is a slightly sweeter version of Coke. Yes, please. <laughs> Today we are looking at one of the most gruesome movies that has been on our list for some time, and one which is certainly going to give us the heebie-jeebies, if not the munchies. I'm talking about <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Mm. Sam, do you like lamb? Yeah, from time to time. Okay. It's not a favourite meat, but I'll have it. All right, well, that's the uh, that's the preamble out of the way. Uh, <laughs> before we get any deeper into the ins and outs and the cannibalistic tendencies of this movie, mm. why don't we have a look at that stagnant mailbag? We've opened the door, and it's probably all like, oh, my God, this house is abandoned. Yeah. Look at all this mail. Cobwebs and mailbag. shit. Mailbag. Mailbag time. Yeah. dip in and out of the, the podcast. We have some breaks in between, so it's always good for people to know where you are at in your, your life and your yeah. recovery. We got one here from Shay Fox, all the way from Australian. That is that kind of larger, crasser oh, wow. New Zealand that I've heard have of. you had to turn your phone upside down to read the email. Is that how Australia works? Well, no, because I'm from a land down under as well. The land down under, is that where rivers flow and men plunder? Yeah. Like, what, are they pirates? Like, what's <laughs> yeah. going on? Like, a lot of plundering going on in the outback. Like, it's plunder, isn't it, in that song? I've been singing it wrong for years otherwise, you know. I'd ask men at work, but apparently that song is plagiarised, so I should ask oh, the people no. that they plagiarised the song from instead. Okay, so Shay Fox asks, mm -hmm. Hey Sam, like you, I'm giving up Pepsi, which I'm like super addicted to, so I was wondering if you have any advice for giving up a soft drink. Right, yes. First off, congratulations. First step is emailing a podcast to say you're going to quit. And second thing is, don't do what I did. Do not follow my lead. I just quit cold turkey. And then a few weeks later, I quit Pepsi. 
Um, <laughs> you that joke before you son of a bitch. Get get the fuck. All right, all right that's it. We're done. We're, you and I are done. <laughs> the tired old comedians in Blackpool wheeling out the dusty old jokes. <laughs> uh, Do you remember this one, kid? You've got to go away to come back. That's what I always say. Um, don't just stop immediately. If, you, if you've been drinking, especially a caffeinated beverage, for a long time, do not just suddenly stop drinking it. That will have an adverse effect on your health. You'll be very poorly for a long time. So are you saying to, like, wean yourself off with, like, lower doses? Absolutely. Or take a caffeine supplement, even? like? Um, I'm not a, a doctor of science, uh, so, I, you know, I, I don't know. But I would say just have a bit less, then a bit less a bit less and then none rather than just none okay now i'm going to challenge your supposed advice here because i think this is a very slippery slope Mm. indeed are you telling me that if you were in the throes of trying to give up the demon black drink that is uh you know the caffeinated beverage du jour and you're telling me that there's a day then where it's like you're maybe on the fifth day of your weaning off and you're meant to only have like a shot glass of pepsi and you've got a whole bottle or a whole can in the fridge and you pour the little shot glass and you go "Ooh, i'm weaning it off are you telling me that you're you're meant to trust the addict not to take the rest of that medicine they say sam a spoonful of sugar yeah. Helps the medicine go down. Well, this medicine is sugar. So that it's, it's a self, it's a self going down enhancing medicine. Well, no, is what no, it no, is. no, hold on. It's the stuff of Mary Poppin-esque nightmares. They don't say is. a spoonful of taste helps the medicine go down and no sugar. So, I mean, you've tripped yourself up there, mate. You've, you've made a fool of yourself because there's no sugar. There's just loads of taste. No sugar. Mate. Oh, I see. Okay. So, yeah. right. Schoolboy error, right. mate. A spoonful of maximum taste there we go. tapes the medicine go down. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? You've admitted by your own admission that you're powerless over the substance. That's the first step in the 12-step program to get off, off soft drinks, sure. as we're all yeah, aware. Yeah. And you're meant to say, I'm powerless. I know I have to get off this, but I'm going to trust myself to have a small, unsatisfactory dose mm. of the very drug that I crave. Right. You know what? I, I, I see where you're coming from. Because yours may have been harder. Your way may have been the hard way, yeah. the concrete way to do it. Mm. However, I think you were more successful as a result. Right. Shay? Shay from Australia? Just quit cold turkey. Just <laughs> just stop. You're going to have diarrhea. It's, it's going to be awful. You're going to have headaches. Um, you're going to poo weird for a long time. My top tip for escaping the fizzy drink addiction is have some cold water in the fridge. Put some little bottles of cold water in the fridge. Because what you're addicted to is just a cold drink in the fridge. <laughs> Don't tell yourself that. It's just, you just You just it's want a cold like, drink. You're doing the sugar and fucking caffeine and all the preservatives in it. That's what you're addicted to. not addicted to ooh, a no, cold no, no. What, drink. What you're addicted right? to is opening the fridge and getting a nice cold drink out of it. That's why you say that a smoker is addicted to conversation in the outdoors. You know, that's the real drug. <laughs> not to nicotine <laughs> or the sweet, sweet tobacco. I'll tell you what I'm addicted to, Sam. Hmm. I'm addicted to stories about people taking things into the cinema All inappropriately right. or, in our cases, uh, appropriately. Now, I'm going to ask you a little something here. A little something I've snuck into the cinema recently. The cinema near me is so fucking lax. It's great. Like, it's absolutely great. Like, they literally see people walking into the cinema without tickets and they don't want to get out of their seats to stop them. It's mm. incredible. Not that I would ever not support the film industry in that way. That is disgusting. 
disgusting to me. But there is a chicken cottage quite close by that right. is open late. Now, chicken cottage, often heard of, had never partook. All I knew is that when we were in Lincoln together, that is where a lot of people had been stabbed. Yeah. I went there because Joe told me it's going to be the best time. You're going to have chicken. They serve iron brew on tap. Right. And it's a great time. And I went there and it was fucking delicious. And it was cheap as chips. I'm not going to name names. But within my social circle, when I gleefully announced, oh, I had some chicken cottage and took it to the cinema. I got a sneer as in, chicken cottage. Right. Now, I don't know if this is some sort of racism or snobbery against uh, certain brands of chicken. But where do you stand on the cottage of chicken? The the house that chicken builds? That's the liberal Nando's elite coming out there and uh, shooting you down is what that is. It is. Yeah, exactly. I've never been to chicken cottage. Really? Never been. Because of the very thing that you said that when we were both in Lincoln, like my first week in Lincoln, I walked past Chicken Cottage. I thought, oh, that looks quite nice. And someone was like, oh, someone got stabbed outside there. And then they had like a health code violation as well. Like yeah. after the stabbing, it's like we're back at our feet, but we forgot to wash our hands after the stabbing. I think that's so now me it's off. like really. <laughs> it did. I think I was scared to go and I feel stupid because. There's very few places you can get iron brew in a, in a fountain environment, mm. okay? And you get it there. And I'm going to say right now, my top tip for anyone going to the cinema is take fucking Chicken Cottage in with you. Right. It's the stuff of dreams and beauty. However, our next email is not uh, about someone bringing in Chicken Cottage, because that would be stealing my very important story. It's from Laura Walton. Hello, guys. Myself and my friends are huge fans of the podcast, so when I told them this story, they insisted I get in touch with you. So we'll blame them and not you, Laura, if it's not good content. Not a weird thing, but someone has eaten at the cinema, but terrifying in its own way. Okay. When I was a student at Aberystwyth University, which does sound like... It's funny, she actually mentions going to see Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Mm. Uh, Aberystwyth does sound like a Harry Potter house. It does. You know. Like a really elitist one, like the French ones or something like that, you know. A bit of context. My housemate had begun to keep pigeons, racing pigeons, and all manner of other birds in his his room. (laughs) (laughs) The end. Thanks for listening to Cinema Swirl. A bit of context. These were very unwell people at their lowest, struggling (laughs) day to day. They're not just regular pigeons, mate. They're racing pigeons. It's all right. No, no, no. It's racing pigeons and all manner of other birds. That's what... An actual yeah, menagerie. An all manner of other birds. Like, the only person who uses the phrase all manner of is either like Cruella de Vil mm. or like Dr. Doolittle. It's an eccentric phrase to use when describing a, a collection of animals. Other birds in his room and garden or house. Yeah, I've no idea why either. Well, the, the question <laughs> is, is why is obvious. The question is how. Yeah. He turned to me halfway through the movie at a particularly quiet part of the film and opened his jacket outwards to expose a small breast pocket. Ordinarily, I'd imagine folk would have kept their latest Nokia brick in it, or a few Mars bars. Not this lad. In his pocket, he had a budgie. A dead budgie. Its head flopped to one side, its eyes grey, looking like a small feathered Voldemort. I screamed, and he told me to shut up and calm down. You know, I hate when women's voices are getting silenced, sad in the media. But the, a woman's voice saying, this man has a dead budgie and is showing me, that is the voice that needs to be heard most of all in this trying time of yours. Uh. Apparently, he had got it from the pet shop and felt sorry for it, as it clearly was poorly. He had called it Grandad, and it had died earlier that day, and he was giving him a send-off. So Grandad appeared at his own wake, and I've never been quite the same since. Cheers, guys. Laura. All right. 
Thank you, Laura. Was the send-off to take a, a dead bird to see Harry Potter and that's the way to say goodbye? Or was he then going on to a send-off later, but he had to stop by the cinema first? Yeah, it's like an Irish wake. So you go see a Harry Potter movie, then you lay the budgie on a, on a pool table and you all have like a, a, a strong drink. Like we, we play the pogues, like the body of an Irishman, and we all have a bit of a dance. And, yeah. uh, then we stop the Baltimore drug kingpins. I think what it might be, Sam, a, a very fitting wake it could be, because the Order of the Phoenix, oh. the Phoenix, of course, being the mythical bird of resurrection. Right. I ah. get it. But the dead budgie would have a resurrection of its own, because yeah. even though the budgie would be dead, all the parasites in it that would be inside it would start uh. to eat on its festering flesh and bones. Oh, and no. that is like a resurrection of its own sort. The thing that puzzles me the most about that story is that when he did like the the reveal of the the bird, he he kind of opened his jacket, dead budgie. Mm. What was he expecting to happen then? <laughs> what are you doing? You're so unique and like, you're so you're so gosh dang funny. Like, huh, cool, back to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, you tell me about that later, all right, big guy. All right, we'll, we're gonna have some talking, and it's gonna be it's gonna be wild, I'm sure, because you seem like a very interesting person with your dead bird in your pocket. Don't don't do that. No, don't do that. No, dead that bird. is unless they're dead chickens and they're cooked. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, Sam, I'd be less offended if you ate the dead budgie than just shown it around like that. <laughs> shut up, calm down. Ow. Yeah, yeah, shut up, calm down. Yeah, that's it as well. So he wasn't even going to be like, uh, oh, you know, I'm a bit wacky, sorry, you know, I, I pulled it. He's like, shows it, and then just shut up, calm down, like. Yeah. Oh. Have you considered this... This fellow, this 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 chap, this dead budgie customer, mm. I'd strongly consider calling him a twat. Yeah, pro- well, yes. yeah, Or a plonker. A bit of a pillock. A pillock. Wazzock. That's a good one. A waz- mm. No, it's not wazzock level. No, yeah, because if you say wazzock, I imagine double, you know, guns, yeah, fingers pointing here. Yeah. yeah, no, you're not doing no. that. Like, I'm going to keep my hands away from the dead bird. Yep. I might get, uh, you know, smallpox or, mm. or, or a terrible disease. Well, thank you for those uh, lovely, illuminating emails to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. We had a few questions on Facebook. Just a few a few quick ones for you. A few quick-fire questions for you. Oh, can I can I do, like, a funny little lilty bit then for when you're like, oh, facebook.com? Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. We, we've had a, 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 should I say, the full the full URL. Yeah, do, 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 do the bit and then I'll, I'll chime in, yeah. Clean break. Clean break. We've had a few uh, a few questions in... Uh, let me just... <laughs> <laughs> Sam, come on! We're, th- tonight's the night, alright? All right? <laughs> we've had a few more questions in at facebook.com forward slash cinemaswirl. That's www.facebook.com forward slash cinema swirl c-i-n-e-m-a-s-w-i-r-l never catch on mate um now these are these are quick quick questions quick fire bang 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 questions all right bang bang all right so i'm just saying if you do a lot of quick fire bang 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 questions you're basically like getting rid of potential content for later episodes it's more of a bang, pause, consider, explain. No, bang, 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 bang. If, if these bang, bangs, you're, you could be cutting the life of this podcast right. in half. Okay. So bang, bang sensibly, all right? I've, I've always said that. Said my biology teacher. Uh, <laughs> 
we we both wiggled our glasses there at different points. I didn't. I don't don't lie. We we both wiggled our glasses there, <laughs> listener. Right. So quick five questions. Bang bang. Uh, is Sam dead? <laughs> yes. All right. Cool. It's actually a character that I've been developing all these years. Yeah. Called Sam Chaplin, and uh, I like. Can, can we see a little Sam Chaplin? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, ah, I don't even know what Tiffin is. Ah, <clears throat> that—that is—that's a little bit of inside the actor's studio. Yeah. Now, listen, that—that that wasn't me. Just of course, it wasn't you because the real you died in a fire. Yeah. Many, many years exactly ago. ten years ago today on this very episode. <laughs> um, and that's the reason we can do it today is because this is when Sam's ghost comes back. Yeah, yeah. Because he haunted it. But he's one of those ghosts that will only show up once a year, <laughs> you know, for the annual haunt. Well, those guys get off fucking easy, don't they? Them ghosts are like, oh, I'll, I'll pop in just for the day. like Part-timers. You know, go and run the hot taps, you know, flush the loose, <laughs> you know, open the windows a bit, and then fuck off back to the netherworld. We have had a lot of, like, where is Cinema Swirl? Uh, where are you guys? What's going on? Um, it's lovely that people have been still kind of interested in us and still discovering the show. Yeah, so people have still been emailing in, kind of going, hey, what's going on? And... I'm going to clear the air. Back in December, when our last episode was, that was at the peak of the Bitcoin bubble. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just thought I was going to be really honest, like truthful chat. No, I just got to make some jokes well, well, about well, no, well, no, well, no, it is. And that was the, the peak of the bubble. As some, some of you might know, some of you won't. Big investor in crypto. You know, it's all, it's all about the blockchain. At that point... The, the bubble was riding high, and I was like, I'm done with everything else now. Uh, I don't need it. I've got my I've got my Bitcoin millions. And it's, you know, it's since subsided. Come back down. I held on for, for So you life. had theoretical millions, but you held didn't on Didn't anyway. sell. Didn't sell. Um, but you were, you were out, but you didn't sell, like. <laughs> well, I thought, this is just going to keep going up and up and up. I may as well sack off everything else. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need all that other stuff, because I've got my, my coin. And, uh, you know, I, I held on. I thought, we're, we're going straight to the moon, lads. This is happening now. And we didn't quite go to the moon. We, it, the rocket took off and then kind of went back down to Earth again. And so I'm just, at this point now, about six months later, trying to scrape back together the the shattered fragments of my broken life. So that's where that's where I've been. I've been in Manchester. Yeah. So that should answer <laughs> everyone's questions about where we've been. Great gigs here. Yeah. I've been told. Yeah. Not just Ryan, eh? <laughs> oh. Hey, yeah. all right, king of the girls. Let, let's talk a little bit about Silence of the Lambs. So, we've, we've talked about lamb. Favourite lamb dish? Oh, a, a Rogan Josh. Oh, a Rogan Josh. Mm. I always go for the uh, the lamb when if, I, if I'm going for an Indian meal. I often go for lamb. Yeah. It's the high fat content mixes in with the spice quite well. You want to go for a fatty meat with your curries, mm. yeah. What is Silence of the Lambs about? Have you heard of this movie? Have people been on you about this one? It's one which I feel is is, is shown a lot in popular culture. Yes. And yes. referenced considerably. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Silence of the Lambs. What's it all about? I think this might be one I know a bit more about than some of the other films. As you say, it shows up a lot. There's a bit on The Simpsons where Mr. Burns has got a funny mask on and he can't... Mm. He's all taped up. Now, there's Hannibal Lecter. Okay. And he eats people. Why does he eat people? He's hungry. Hungry? For people. Why, why don't he... Oh, he's hungry for people? Yeah. Why does he just have a ham sandwich in a conversation? <laughs> why, why... You know? That's part of the new Tesco meal deal, isn't it? <laughs> Pay three quid for a chat. He, he, he is an eater of people, Hannibal Lecter. Do you know who plays Hannibal Lecter? Oh, uh... 
Jesus, yes. Um, oh, Christ. What's he called? What's he uh, called? Westworld Man. If he, if he was a beer, he'd be an IPA. Because huh? uh, he's a very... Anthony Hopkins. Hey, there we go. All right. Sir? All right. Uh, Sir Anthony IPA. Hopkins? Sir Anthony Hopkins, he is. Nah, is Who's he? not spoken with his daughter in around 20 years. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, so... Oh. We spoke with the Queen a bit, I imagine, being... Big sir, Anthony is he a Hopkins. Sir? Is he knighted? He is. Right. Pretty sure he is. Yeah. I assume that's how he got knighted. It's like you can either be a knight of the realm or talk to your daughter. And he's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> knight of the realm, knight of the realm, knight of the realm. Yeah, we'll go with knight of the realm. Is that your final answer? Yeah, knight of the realm. Oh no! Oh <laughs> dang it! Oh, they're gonna imagine the headlines. Yes, so he's he's Hannibal Lecter. He's Hannibal Lecter. So Hannibal Lecter, he eats people. Yeah. Have you ever eaten anyone? Uh, no. The hesitation there. <laughs> no, Your Honor. Okay, all right. Now let's just let's talk about it a bit here, because obviously, Sam, obviously, oh. eating people is is it a morally gray area? Yeah, you know, it is. You're into that, like, mm, you know, is that all right? Yeah, is it, it blurred lines? You know, yeah. what is in in the in the era of hashtag Me Too? Is it possible to eat another human and it actually be okay anymore? I, I would question. I think if it's like Robin Thicke and you eat him, you're all right. <laughs> you can eat Robin Thicke. Yeah, those lines are actually pretty clear. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, eat Robin Thicke. That's absolutely fine. fine. Like, let's have a cookout. I don't imagine he tastes very good. No. I mean, why would you imagine the? Fr- I, I imagine you'd be like, you know the really cheap black bean sauce that you can get. Yeah, yeah. Like, ugh. No. What are these lumps? They're they're no nothing discernible at all. Okay, if you were to eat a human, yeah, you know, gun to your head. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Not while you're eating the human, it'd be very inconvenient. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole time when you're trying to chew and you got it on your temple. Yeah. Um, who who would you eat, and what part of them would you eat? I'm gonna go with gut reaction here straight away. Okay. This is just what came to my head. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Okay. Okay. And, and just the pecs. Just pecs. Lop, lop one of those off. I think that's a pretty good cut of meat. You're pretty much a bit of a health buzz there, then, aren't yeah. you? With your very lean uh, the one with red the, meat there. With the tattoo on it. The one with the big circle tattoo on it. The one with the toxins. Yeah. The poison, like. I don't know. That would give you a negative status effect, I would imagine. Yeah. So, how would you cook it? Uh. <laughs> Obviously, this is a morally grey area, so hypothetically, if Sam wants to cook yeah. and, and eat a human, he would ask an adult first. I, like, I, I, I wouldn't really know what I was doing. Put it in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> now, this, this is very interesting, though. You're, you're shying away. You often downplay mm. your ability or any sort of desire to cook. Yeah, I know that you're a stealthy cooker. You do cook. You have cooked. I have cooked. And you've, you've dodged this many a time. So I'm going to ask you... Ah, all right. I got it. If you've got, got any got cooking stories. I got it. Okay. I've got the way I would cook Dwayne The Rock Johnson's pectoral muscle. Okay, lay it on me. Mince it. Oh, yes. Mince it, yes, form yes, it yes. into a burger. Yes. Rock burger. Oh, my God. That is literally really good because when it's that nice and lean, you maybe have to maybe put a good gooey cheese on it to soak a little bit yeah, of yeah. fat into it. But I think, yeah, you get a good primo burger going on there. I'm just assuming he tastes like beef, The Rock, like, you know, because he's, yeah. he's buff. Buff beef. He's a beefy, you know? beefy bloke. <laughs> Whereas you and I, I think that you and I would probably taste closer to chicken or uh, maybe pork. Yeah, I think so. I mean, would you say there's a particular body part of mine that you would eat? Um, <laughs> uh, you, you know what? I wouldn't, but when, when pressed, 
I, now, this is not personal to you, but I've heard the little, the bit between the fingers is the best the webbing. bit. The webbing. It's best, that's the best that's bit. The best bit. But it's just, it's, there's no meat there. That's I just, have uh, no idea where I've heard that. No, like when You're I roast a chicken, you know, I, I love, uh, <laughs> I, I love obviously getting the skin and whatnot, but mm. you know, I give the skin to other people as long as I can get the neck and the arsehole because those are like the really crunchy, ooh, yummy bits, all the yeah. yummy, crispy, delicious juices have gathered and, and crisped yeah. up and whatnot. But you're thinking the webbing between, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. There's eating for, for days yeah. to me here, you know, and the fact that you would only go for there, that's very wasteful. Like, all right. Well, and if we're going to resort to cannibalism and then continue the trend of uh, of food waste as we have, mm. I'm watching documentaries from Hugh Fernie Bale Witherington Bottom, <laughs> and I know now that food waste is bad, and that yeah. you are a bad. And I wouldn't even bat an eyelid about the cannibalism, but the food waste is terrible. Right? Okay. It is very. Uh, there's a phrase we have in my homeland, uh, Sam, which is "beef to the heels of a Bullingar heifer." Mm. Which uh, which means that the the meat is so delicious that you can eat all the way down to the, to the hoof yeah. of the hoof of the animal, which is literally the only bit that you know. If you could eat, it'd be delicious, but you literally can't because it's too hard. Can you say that phrase again? It has a nice rhythm to it. Beef to the heels of a Mullingar heifer. Love it. Is it good? Yeah. yeah. Now I'm just saying. I would have said before to me, beef to the heels of of a Kevin Kevin James Roberto Mann. Yeah. But my actually recently, I got an electronic foot file, right. and I've sorted out <laughs> some of that. Hard. So I'm 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 good all over. I've got the I've got the feet of a newborn baby. When like, you, you said can eat me for days. Electronic foot file. I imagined you on a computer typing in, looking up like <laughs> details my about my database of foot fetish porn exposed. <laughs> I'm just looking at my electronic foot file. Uh, yes, my EFF. I have yeah. it here. It's like a Pokedex. Like, bloop, yeah. password you know? protected. You can't look at it. <laughs> that is a foot fungus, Ash. <laughs> they are incredibly sore. <laughs> Make sure you wash your toes after going to the pool. <laughs> Chaplin's kitchen nightmares. Have you any? Because I mean, we're we're talking about you know, there's a man he eats people. We're in the we're in the realm of cooking. We're talking about eat cooking people. We're going to be talking about. Have you got any sad stories or? Potentially dangerous. Vi- I mean, the scariest thing that can happen when you're cooking is if you cook and eat someone. That's quite scary, obviously. But has anything happened to you while you were cooking? I mean, I know you worked with the donut machine a little bit. Has anything happened to you that would equate to a scary or a wah? Ah! No, I, wah! I've not really had any scary situations in cooking. The, the, the worst thing is just sausages setting off the smoke alarm. We've all been there. What? That happens? Yeah. To you- really? Yeah. God, sensitive smoke alarm. In my, in my old flat. I used to put a sock over it, and that's bad. Don't do that. But in order what, to over your sausages, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, ra- I'd ra- give them individual socks. Any other terrifying incidents? I mean, you can't. I'm just sorry. Assume that you were, had a donut maker that you got burnt on it. There's no way you had that product and didn't get burnt on it. Didn't have a donut maker. Didn't have a donut maker. I'd made donuts. I was the donut maker. What? Yeah. How did you get them For- all? Formed them myself. Wow. So you had a deep fat fryer. Did you use deep fat fryer or just a big pan? Big pan of hot oil, mate. Oh, man. And that could have gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Because yeah. the scariest thing that ever happened to me was with a pan of hot soup. Right. I made up a nice big batch of soup. It was really nice. Good nourishing winter soup with uh, beans and leftover chicken and all that. It was very nice. Yeah, yeah. And I just turned off the heat. And I was like, right, I'm going to go get some bowls. I had given it a final stir. And I left my ladle lying in the soup pot. And I went around to grab my bowls and get everything ready to serve up. And then as I was turning back, just for some reason, the ladle had 
started to weigh down right. and then just flipped out and literally doused me in hot uh. soup. And like literally for the fact that I put my arm up, it would have went all over my face. Uh. And I got some pretty gnarly burns on me that then like they took a long time to go away. And recently I was like, I'm going to start heating up plates because I had never done that before. You know, it's something that I always struggle to do to remember to heat up plates yeah. when you're plating up your food, even though it is obviously better. It keeps your food Much warmer. Much better. I was trying to take the plates out of the oven after I heated them up, but because it's wearing oven gloves, I lost the grip. The plates fell backwards, and my wrists touched the top of the oh. oven and left, left like perfect grill marks. Oh. Now, this is this is something I've I've never experienced. I've never had any desire, any experience with self harm, but mm. I I know of the issue and I yeah. know what it looks like, and I have got. What looked to be very extreme self-harm marks on right. my wrists now as a result of that. Which I feel I get a lot of like sympathetic or sometimes judgmental looks that I feel have nothing to do with me now. Mm. It's a it's a, it's a kitchen nightmare. You can't go through your life and say, no, it was an oven it was the oven. Of course it was, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and how often does the does the oven tend to burn you, Kevin? You know? Mm. No, seriously, just that one time. And I've not heated up my plate since. Right. And I refuse to. <laughs> it is better, though. It is better. It is better. It is better. Tell you what now, right? Okay. Talking about uh, Science of the Lambs. We talked about cannibalism. Yeah, yeah. That boy, Anthony Hopkins. Have you seen him in anything before? Yes. Westworld Series 1. Mmm. Maybe Westworld Series 2. I haven't watched all of it. Okay, okay. Uh, what else have I seen him in? What else has he been in? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm coming up kind of blank here. I tell you where he's not been. Yeah. His, his daughter's birthday party the last No, he's not been there for a long, long time. Long, long time. He's been Buckingham Palace, though, fucking living it up there. with Queen, Queen Lizzie and Prince, yeah. Prince Pil, Pil Philip. Philip, because he's, he's on them pills. Yeah. Huh? Um, yeah. I, I can't think of anything else I've seen him in. I, I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. If you were to lick him, what flavour would he be? Earl Grey tea. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought he'd be like he'd have the texture. You ever have one of them really fancy boiled peanuts that has like the salt and sugar glaze? Yeah, yeah. Slick on the outside and almost glass-like, but once you get past there, there's a very warm, knobbly skin that mm. just invites the tongue for more. I think that's, that's what, that, what think his skin would be like to taste. So, other than him being in this movie and eating people, do you know anything about Silence of the Lambs? Um, any other characters you're aware of? Jodie Foster's in it. She is. She, I know that he goes like that. Why does he do that? Because he is re- he's proper hungry for people. <laughs> Mr. Kipling's exceedingly good cakes. Yeah, he's beckoning his cat over. <laughs> um, <laughs> come on. He does that. Yeah. He eats people. He, yeah. There's like a straight jacket mask situation. There is, yes. Because otherwise he'll bite everyone? <laughs> he's just, he's, you'll inhale all the ambient meat around him. He can't stop himself from chomping. You've not watched, like, the Lecter Hannibal TV series? You've not watched no. any, like, you know, you haven't seen uh, Hannibal the movie or Red Dragon or uh, Manhunter or any of those types of things? No. Oh, man, this is going to be, like, I'm quite aware new of for you. Hannibal, the show. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm not a fan, really, but like right. everyone else, like Billy's a massive fan of it. He thinks mm. it's the dog's bollocks and the bee's knees, which is anatomically correct and zoologically insulting. So yeah. I won't watch the show um, on principle. The movie poster for this, do you remember what it was? Have you seen it, like, on any of the uh, on your um, on your physical media that I'm sure that you've got down for the? Oh yeah, the the kind of 
the face and the little the butterfly yeah. type situation. What what's all that about? Neither of those things are lambs. No. As a kid as a kid I was convinced what happened was if you had a mole and you let it get really, really bad and you didn't a look after it, come out of it, it would turn into a little skull butterfly moth uh, bastards. Yeah. What's enough for that at all? No way. I don't know if you're going to like this movie because I know you can get a little bit squeamish sometimes. It, it is creepy as fuck at points and right. it's tense as fuck. And I know this is like very much like one of the first movies from the, the early 90s or late 80s period where it kind of felt like Hollywood was properly getting like tits deep in the dark ooze of sexualized violence. Right. You know, women's skin being ripped off, murders, like, you know, senseless killing everywhere. So it's, it it's felt gruesome. like this is a very. Very gruesome, yeah, in its, right. in its own way. I mean, honestly, though, I think it might have seemed tame by comparison because you've seen, you know, maybe stuff since then that is probably maybe less tactful, but mm. probably as gruesome, if not more so, just on a baseline gruesome level. The Saw films, I think, are like a kind of, at least a spiritual sequel to... <laughs> <laughs> yes, Anthony Hopkins does look like a puppet. I will give you that. He looks like a little... Ventriloquist puppet, doesn't he? Like, well, I think know. Final Destination's in the same shared cinematic universe. I, yeah, I can't, I, I'm I like not sure. So. It gets confusing. There's a Wikipedia article, but I can't follow it. But I think I don't know if you're going to enjoy it. Do you think you will? Well, I mean, you don't think I will. I'm. I just think you might get a little bit by it. But I, yeah, th- but who knows? The powerhouse acting of Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins may sway you in this case. I was about The Shining. That's true. But I enjoyed it. Mm. I was freaked out by it, but I liked it. Well, have you have you had a wee? Have you had a wee? No. Do I need one? Because otherwise I'll I'll do big well, I was going to say, we, we could go do a cinema throw, but I want to make sure you've had a wee first, if right. you've made wee wee. Have you have you done that? Not not quite yet. I'll go have a last right, wee and then can you, we'll... can you manage? Can you, are you all right? Do you need help? No, no I think... I think I'm a big boy now. I can do it on my own. Okay, let's go do a cinema swirl. back we just had some lambs get uh told to be quiet and uh, get along and move along their way uh, silence of the lambs that is sam initial good reaction to this movie this shocking tale of cannibalism and other deviousness yeah good that yeah yeah i like that all right so tell me broad terms what is it you've enjoyed just so the dipping your toe into the water of your initial opinion here it was very creepy but very engaging and tense I was gripped. Mm. I would say this is a not so much necessary just a horror because I think people throw this in like as a horror, like along with the Exorcist and stuff. I got to say, I'm going to move into another genre of thriller. It's more thrilling than it's horrible, I think. Yes, it's proper thriller, mate. It is like in Midnight when everyone does that dance, like yeah. in the uh, famous Michael Jackson Vincent Price joint venture. I was very, very shocked at how well this movie had aged in some ways, mm. and shocked in like how badly it had aged mm. in other ways, but yeah. uh, well, we'll get into that as we get along. We open in Quantico. Quantico is one of the coolest sounding places ever. I always thought Quantico sounded like a base from Star Fox or something like that. I think it sounds like a company that supplies printers to offices. <laughs> 
like a really really boring company yeah. that's very successful though. who was that on the phone oh it's just quantico they're just having some issues with paperwork but they've they're sending it through yeah and it was like a merger as well quantico is a result of the merger between tyco technologies and quantification quantifications yes and they just <laughs> merged together and became Quantico and that's it and that's where all the FBI got trained I found out randomly that the FBI this is one of the first times they let people shoot on their special campus their FBI zone is that the special FBI campus in, in real? Yeah, Quantico yeah it's the real uh, snazzy looking place it's uh, kind of like futuristic for the 40s <laughs> I think I noticed about this early bit in the film where they're, where they're in the woods doing training obstacle courses mate yeah the titles that come up they look very Twin Peaksy, don't they they've got that. Yeah, they do. Especially don't with they? the woods. Yeah, that's very, very true. And uh, the only thing I didn't like about these titles was they were so gosh darn big, Sam. And I feel that the movie was teasing me because it's literally, it's right there, fellas. I can see it right in plain sight. <laughs> it's the movie. It's just what I came to see. And these bloody big letters in the way, kind of going, ooh, not yet. Like lifting the skirt up by the knee, you know, a little tease. Yeah. I didn't appreciate that. Uh, I was enjoying the scene mm. and I was enjoying the movie. How dare they? I, I like how Clarice is wearing a FBI Academy jumper. That's some very good movie showing, not telling situation going on there. That's I like that. Oh, I, I get what's happening here. You've not seen Blade Runner, have you? No, I haven't seen that film, mate. Oh, man, because yeah, it, it's got like a couple of different like cuts of it, one of which has like a really bad narration from the, the main character to try and like explain everything because the, the people thought it was too confusing. Right. So I like to think that every movie that we watch has got an alternate cut somewhere where the main character has the dialogue in their head like, ah, it's been two years since I came to the FBI to train here in Quantico. Yes, just like down at the bottom of the screen, the text, it matches. On this training course, there's like a tree and hanging down from the tree are some signs that say hurt, agony, pain, and then love it. Uh, this was presumably back in the 90s before Live, Laugh, Love had become a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the last one of that is, is great, to be honest. Love it. That's a really yeah, fun part. It. But the previous four uh, installments, you have to go through a lot of misery to get to that little bit of love at the end. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. Eat, pray, love. I would recommend it. Sounds like a, a right L time. Hmm. She's got the best voice ever, has she not? She's got a very Jim Ross kind of voice, I think. And the wrestling commentator. Yeah, you're right. He has a southern draw. Yeah. Which is weird because he has a pop at her later for having a southern accent. And before then, like, I'm, I was all like, my God, what is this voice? Where does it hail from? Like, trying to analyze it like I'm the Terminator. Mm. And I couldn't think of it. And then only when he made fun of her from being from the South, I was like, oh, shit, of course. Yeah. She's very obviously a southern lady. I've just got uh, the ears of a child. Apparently. It's, a, it's a nice voice. It's a very kind of comforting voice, I think. that. Yeah, it's distinct. I would say they've missed a trick. Sam by not having her do the narration as as we described you know because that's a great voice you want to hear it you want to see things described and confirmed she is very much a lady in a man zone is what they're kind of getting across yes here. there's some very clear kind of imagery of this the, the bit where she gets into a lift with a bunch of red shirted men lots lots of just men all staring at her a lot they're all sneering a little bit as well weren't they they're kind of looking down like 
what are you doing here? Yeah. Disgusting, despicable behavior from these yep. creeps. It doesn't make me feel good knowing that the FBI is not all nice FBI people like in, in Twin Peaks. It's actually full of gross FBI men like we see here in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Never forget that. Yeah. So she goes to the behavioral science unit to meet this dude called Crawford, who, uh, you know, is a nice lad. He has lots of pictures of skinned women up on his wall. You know, we've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> uh, have you seen Mindhunter or know anything about the whole behavioral science thing? No. Mate. What have you even got a Netflix subscription for? The Office, but it's not on it anymore. It's not on it anymore. Why have you got it then? I don't know. I'm going to give you a stone cold recommendation, uh, Mindhunter. You should check it out because it's okay. all about this behavioral science unit thing where they interviewed all the serial killers, all the really shocking serial killers who like, you know, mutilated people and right. they interviewed them to try and build up a profile, which because he had such a small sample size is basically invalid, but it's very interesting nonetheless. So, I always so. get Mindhunter confused with Mind horn which is the julia barrett <laughs> comedy film oh i wish i could recommend that i watched that and i was sorely disappointed i liked it i thought it was all right really yeah huh. maybe you should love the isle of man way more than i do because well. that's what that movie was pushing at me yeah <laughs> it's a great weekend away like, what can you say <laughs> I think another thing they missed a trick with her is not having her host like a podcast, like kind of like a true crime podcast. Mm. I feel her voice very much <laughs> is the kind of... We just want to listen to that voice all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Talk about murders, you know, people who got people who got eaten, but we don't know who's eaten them. Like, mm. you know, real proper true crime stuff. So he wants her to go and, and interview her, like, alone, which is a bit dangerous seeming for a trainee, right? So they're interviewing all these serial killers for psychological profiling to then presumably use that to figure out what another serial killer is thinking. Yeah, it's, it's a long shot at best, Sam. It's a Hail Mary pass. Like. If there's one thing about serial killers, is they're all very consistent with each other. <laughs> By the book, serial killing here, boys. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what to do. <laughs> so she's chatting to Hannibal Lecter, whose name rhymes with cannibal, which I, which came first, do you know? Well, the name. But he's Dutch, isn't he? He's meant to be from another country, so is he? I want to guess. You know, that's in the that's in the the Hannibal TV show. I'm thinking of. Yeah, because I, I was just wondering if it's it could just coincidence, like in his home language. You know, the word for cannibal does not rhyme with his name Hannibal. It just so happens in English. Oh, I get the label all of a sudden. Yeah, you know. You eat a few people and, oh, heavens, everyone's monocle falls off into their, their champagne glass. So she goes to uh, check him out and he's a total mystery to all the top boffins mm. in the special uh, prison zone where he's being kept. And we meet the uh, unaptly named Dr. Chilton, yeah. who should be called Chilton because he hasn't got a ton of chill. He has no chill at all, as the kids would say. He's a right creepy prick, isn't he? He's a stick in the mud. Yeah. Ugh. Yucky. They don't like him. <laughs> very, very quickly establishes it as a baddie. He is. He was like, he was an oozy fellow. He looked, he had like, you know, that kind of praline look that a lot of the baddies of the time do with the individually yeah. combed back hair and whatnot. You're staying overnight. You're really pretty. <laughs> do you like fun? I like fun. It doesn't sound like that, but you know. You know, that, that, they missed the trick of the casting there. They could yeah. have really gotten across a lot more of that character, I think. I love, he, he's picked a pretty <laughs> one with you, Auntie. I know what he's doing. Cheeky bastard. Now, you just made him way more kind the yeah. second time you did that voice. He became like, ah, <laughs> oh, no, I'm here with the dogs to look after everyone. It's okay, as opposed to a creepy crypt keeper in a yeah. swamp somewhere on the moors. So we get introduced to Hannibal Lecter in a dramatic fashion. Mm-hmm. And I said it before we t- we broke away and watched the movie, but I'm doubling down. He proper looks like a little marionette puppet. 
The way he, he stands there with his little arms and his little trousers, like his his standing up straight thing is like <laughs> proper weird looking. That uh, yeah, I I knew there was something chilling about it, but when you describe it like that, it is. It just looks like a puppet. <laughs> he looks like... What's the name of... Uh, oh, God. Frank Sidebottom is kind of what he yes. reminds me of here. <laughs> His head is massive. <laughs> it is. And the really... You're right. It is chilling to look at, Sam, because you look at it and then you imagine, geez, how big's the bloke who's controlling <laughs> this? <laughs> That's the real villain of the piece. Whoever... The- <laughs> it's holding the strings. This giant monster who's making his marionette eat and kill people. What a monster. He must be stopped and brought to justice. Mm. He reminds me as well of a very intense Paul Daniels, <laughs> a.k.a. Uh, <laughs> any Paul Daniels. He was always very, very intense, if you notice any archive footage of Britain's most beloved magician. Do you think, as part of his bond that he's making with Clarice, he's trying to find a Debbie McGee-type figure... <laughs> To help him with his tricks. Yeah, and whose career he subliminally wants to ruin and manipulate. It perfectly is a Paul Daniels situation mm. here, like. Oh my god. So uh, they chat about Bruffalo Brill, who is this serial killer du jour. Yeah. Who has a bit of a nasty habit of removing the skin of his victims. Yeah, we see quite a few pictures of skinned people in the lead up to this. And Chilton, just before she goes in, shows her a picture of a nurse that got that got bit by Hannibal the Cannibal. And, it, and it's all the more creepy for, for not seeing the photo. They look at this photo and the, the lighting is like a dark red and a bit of blue. And it's, yeah. So you, you know that this guy's a, a proper menace. I must say, they're very good as well at kind of, you know, building a bit of suspense, but not showing you every gruesome thing. Like, there's often times where it's like, oh, look at this picture, and you don't see it, or like, yeah. oh, look at this gross thing, and it's kind of out of focus. And I was actually surprised. I thought this was way more kind of over the top with its violence, but it's actually quite nuanced for such a gruesome movie. It's a nice mix. You do get to see some some yucky stuff. Which makes it all the yuckier that you're not seeing it every exactly. two seconds. You think, well, if they've shown us this, but they're not showing us this... What are we missing out on here? So she pulls the old fast one. You think you're chatting to someone. You think they're nice. You think they just want to give you a pen and chill. But oh no, they want a questionnaire <laughs> to be answered. <laughs> I haven't got time to tell you about my different types of tinfoil. Yes, that one was difficult to tear. I don't know if I can rate it on a scale of one to nine. It's like when a nice person stops you on the street for a chat. And then they want you to do direct debit for the for the donkey sanctuary. I'm like, no, no I, I thought I was just in this for a chat. And then you go, donkey sanctuary, that's silly. And then you go, yeah, but the donkeys are really badly looked after. And you're like, oh, no, now I feel even worse. And yeah. Oh, I know someone back home, right, get this, with one of those sugar types. I don't know if they have them in America. Here in the UK and Ireland, you have representatives of different charities will be out on the streets and they kind of approach you and like ask you to you know donate and sign up for direct debits and stuff. Back home in Ireland back in the day, a friend of mine literally was told and brought by the guy to an ATM to take out money. He was like, oh, I've got nothing on me. It's like, well, let's just go over here. Wow. The ATM and uh, it's just, now that's a hard sell. I mean, that's I think you're ABC. Always be closing, like, always be yeah. just gently bringing them to the ATM and just to, to, to put in the pin. There we go. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. So Hannibal is a, a psychiatrist or a therapist? Yes. He's got a very analytical mind. I, I think he's a bit like um, Sherlock, but more of a prick in this first bit. <laughs> if it's actually even possible, like, he's even more of a prick. Yeah, he, he says the word acumen, which I only ever hear on The Apprentice. 
Um, oh man, Team Acumen is such a name for a team in The Apprentice, isn't it? Like very much so. Yeah, yeah. So he uh, calls her a rube and marks her <laughs> southern heritage with a, you know, your typical "Oh, I've got you all figured out" speech. It's very, very droll. I like the word rube. Is, is rube okay? Rube. Is good. I think Rube's okay. Rube, uh, I think Goober is still okay as well. Uh, those are the only two which uh, I'm definitely sure of. Like, but yeah, it's good to check these things out. But if anyone is like, maybe like there's people who've come from a family of like suckers who've been like, you know, <laughs> oh, you know, I traded my life's work for a, a tin of beans or, a, you know, traded the family's cow for a thumbs up or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. They're like, hey, don't make fun of us Rubes. Mm. But yeah, I've always kind of, I don't know about you, Sam, would you like someone to very confidently but slightly inaccurately be like oh I've got you all figured out you're sitting there with your Axe body spray and your chinos and da 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 and he goes and it's kind of it's it's kind of right but like mostly wrong kind of like a bad psychic I would kind of like that experience I think really? yeah I don't know I think it'd be funny like it's just so confident I don't slip up (laughs) I don't want someone to like try and figure me out in a very kind of uh, hoity toity Oh, I know you, Sam Chapman. Yeah. I see you there, standing there. You think you figured out Fight Club. You think you understood Jared Leto's performance in Suicide Squad. You think you're, you're the bee's knees, you're the cat's pajamas. Well, you're not. <laughs> Whose liver did he eat with flava beans and a nice Chianti? It was like a former patient. Yeah. It was a former patient or something like that. But I I was more fixated on the line. And also the pairing of liver with farva beans. I don't know if I would uh, go go into that territory. For the character of Hannibal Lecter, that weird kind of... That weird sippy noise. It's very silly, isn't it? It's very silly. It seems almost... A bit cartoony. I think it detracts away a bit, like, from him seriously. It does, because that's... I knew that bit, you know, before having seen this film. That's, like, a famous line, a famous part of the performance. But I think that's the worst bit. (laughs) Like, (laughs) in terms of, oh, he's... Like creepy cannibal, rip, 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 rip. No, it's, it, it sounds like a noise like a Nintendo character would make or something like that. Like it doesn't sound like something a serial killer do. It's like, oh no, it's Slithers, the terrible snake. Oh, and the text you know? would come up along the bottom, and that would be like uh, his I'll noise. Get you next time, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your thoughts on liver, Sam? I know you can be particular about your food stuffs, and uh, where does liver and offal in general sit with you on the the ecometer? I don't think I've had it um at least not memorably it just seems like something i wouldn't want to eat yeah i mean you're you're fed a lot of let's be honest sam we can call a spade a spade and call it what it is i've eaten a lot of spades (laughs) they're wholesome um you're you're fed a lot of anti-liver and onions fascist propaganda when you're a kid yeah through cartoons and whatnot it's like liver and onions like, it's the worst thing ever. Like, Earthworm Jim made fun of haggis when I was a kid, and right. I stopped myself from eating something that's very delicious. It's nice, isn't it? It is proper yeah. nice. Oh, man. But liver and onions does sound shit, doesn't it? It does, but you can have, like, bacon with it and stuff. It's pretty good. The positive of a food shouldn't be that you can have it with a better food. No, but it is, it's good for you. It's the liver. It's full of all the nutrients. I've got my own liver. Thank you very much. I've already got a liver inside me. I don't need to put another one in. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, to the man who had an operation to have a third heart installed, I could always do it more organs, <laughs> you know, that's to quote the man himself. <laughs> yeah, she gets proper freaked out. He, he gives her the thick end of the wedge and sends her on her way. Yeah. And as she's leaving, one of the inmates, Migs, yeah. throws what I thought was an egg at her. And I thought, <laughs> ooh, no. 
Like he's thrown a cuddled egg at her. It's That'll the other hot. one. <laughs> it's the, oh no! The other part of that equation, the um, male egg. Yeah, yeah, he's semen, which was flung at her. Very horrible. And Ugh. Hannibal to to mitigate the scenario was like, "I will shout at you now. Yeah, calm down. I know you've had substance thrown at you. Calm down. Shut it's up and calm down. down. It's just a dead." Parrot, or whatever it was, <laughs> dead budgie. It's just, it's just Meg's cum. It's okay, God. She has a little bit of a cry and a flashback as she's walking home. Yeah, and it's like she has a flashback to a kid, and it's like, "Hi, Clarice, it's that daddy." And he goes, "There's a hug," and then she's like, starts crying. So it must have been like probably one of the worst hug all time ever <laughs> hugs. Like it was like rubbish that she immediately is like, "Oh, the memory of that just turned me rotten and sour." There, ugh, awful. I would love if that was the only flashback and only meant of her father that you got and the, <laughs> <laughs> the story was the it's like hi Clarice hi Danny <laughs> have a hug and then it just brings into tears yeah I don't talk about him again the, yeah the weak hugger that is my father <laughs> so he did give her a juicy lean Hannibal uh, to kind of calm her down and whatnot yeah. and she's exploring this old storage unit less than typically exciting episode of storage wars <laughs> there was one recently <laughs> where got, they found a radar gun <laughs> got the same thing written down yeah <laughs> uh, she didn't even bid on anything Sam didn't even am bid. I right in saying you had slightly too much time this Christmas period as well yes <laughs> Yes. The mating call of the Storage Wars enthusiasts. Yeah, she she has to kind of creep under the under the door of this storage unit belonging to an old old friend or something. Old patient. It's a clearly a fake name. No one's called Moffat. Because there's no, there's no such thing as a toffish to sit on, like. So it's, it's, you know. And no one even eats curds and ways. It's patently absurd. It's a yeah. farce. Um. But yeah, it's very creepy, that bit. The whole, you know, darkness and torchlight. Yeah, she cuts herself, which is ick. Yeah. And there's a pickled head, so there is. Mm. A big green one. It's awful gross. It's real gross. Like, I love pickles, and I was a bit... <laughs> you wouldn't have that. No, I mean, I would have thought, like, I, maybe in jest in the past, Sam, I may have said, you know, oh, God, I love pickles so much, chop my head off and have it pickles. Right. But I, I admit now that was possibly a bit far in jest in the heat of the moment, and mm. I don't maybe, you know, recall saying that, uh, honestly. So, back at Hannibal's zone, he wants the Buffalo <laughs> Bill case file. Back in the Hannibal zone. <laughs> back in Hannibal's house, which is my pilot for an ABC single cam sitcom set in Hannibal's house where him and his daughter reconnect like it's wacky the kind of could be his doll his like you know <laughs> his little catchphrase yeah exactly we'll be right back Clarice <laughs> yeah uh, so she's again a little bit too open and honest with him you know she kind of is almost like she's feeding back to him like he's her superior officer or something like that yeah Hannibal's been using anagrams, hasn't he? He's done his anagram thing. The name was an anagram or something. The anagram was like, it was obviously a trap, Clarice, or something <laughs> like that. I bet he's, he fucking loves Only Connect, Hannibal Lecter. Wait, what? Is that too, too niche of a reference? Why would, what is Only Connect? Only Connect is, right, it's a, it's a quiz show. Right. On, oh, on yeah, after yeah, University Challenge. Yeah. On a, or before it. But it's, it's harder than University Challenge. It's just, it's proper, like, it's too difficult for plebs like me. Do you, is that thing you have to go on live? You log on through the app? No. Mate, oh no, that's no, something else. That's something else. Yeah. No, you, you don't only connect to, I don't know what the only connect bit means. I don't even get the title. I don't know what the title means. God, it's, it's for eggheads and boffins, Sam, not regular buffs like us. But H Hannibal would love it. There's loads of anagrams and shit on there. 
I fucking hate anagrams, like, you know? Yeah. No one's ever figured out an anagram, like, really fast, like, too fast. Kind of going, oh, I was surprised myself there. It's always like, ah, oh, not as sharp as I thought I was, kind of, you know? It's no. always a little bit of a defeat in anagram, isn't it? Like, I can't do it in my head. I've got to write it down and do stuff. Do you know any anagrams of your name? I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I don't don't know. It's odd that I think that's something that, at, at the age I'm at now, that you would have done that. At the age of 30, that. you think you would have checked that out? Yeah. yeah I've not. Uh, you know I've got mine, right? Oh, yeah, you're... Uh, uh, was it anal drippage or something like that? Yeah, close enough. <laughs> all, those, well, all, those, all those D's and P's in my name. Um, <laughs> no, I, know, I, I was trying to remember it from your stand-up. What was it? Anal chimps. Is an anal chimps, that's yeah. it. I don't know why I went to discharge. I just made it needlessly <laughs> grotesque-like. <laughs> So he's asking for lots of special treatment, is old Hannibal. He wants a, a window and a, a cushy new cell far away from this not particularly nice zone in which he finds himself currently. He's just after a nice view. He's been doing yeah. drawings to try and make himself a little view, which is, in a way, kind of cute. <laughs> Don't call him cute. Kind of cute. Kind of adorable. Sam Chaplin, he normalised Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> what else don't we know about Sam Shefflin? I've not got a window. I'll draw my own window. It's very, you know, it's very productive. He's very Dickensian, isn't he? Yeah. I say, having read no Charles Dickens books ever, have I? Not zero. But I will just assume that's what it is, is little chaps drawn windows. <laughs> yeah. Ebenezer Scrooge just... <laughs> Oh, stop it, Ebenezer. Yeah. So we cut to Memphis, Tennessee, mm. and a lady is being stalked by a man in night vision goggles. So under the guise of a man suffering with a, uh, an injury and struggling to get a couch on, yeah. he very viciously, this is Buffalo Bill we're introduced to, mm. kidnaps his next victim in his string of horrible killings by literally pushing her with a couch into a van. It's horrid. Ugh. It's quite a simple but clever ruse. And I, you know what I, I've always liked? Night vision goggles. Why? I've always wanted to wear some <laughs> and be able to Are see. Are you like in the a, dark. a fan of like Tom Clancy books that often have men in night vision goggles on the front? You look at that and kind of go, "Foire! I think I could be uh, a Tom Clancy leading man, like with some night vision goggles." Think, Is it a lifestyle thing? I, I think so. Yeah, I think it's an aspirational thing. I think that's who I'd want to be, but I can't afford night vision goggles, so I just had to buy like shitloads of carrots and try and make up the difference. <laughs> it it doesn't doesn't work. Sam, you saying to me you've got the tone of a man that's so dejected by clearly having had a quick Google of how much night vision goggles cost <laughs> it. I were bitterly disappointed with the results. It's prohibitively expensive and I don't think that's fair in this day and age. That happened recently, me and Joe watched The Detectorist and we we're like, oh, Peak District, which is on fire currently here in Manchester, this area is, is undergoing a significant blaze. But after that, oh, you know, detectorists, metal detectors, nice big walks, nice Sunday lunch, pickles, not a pickled head, just pickles and maybe a strong cheddar. And then, yeah, you look it up on, on, on the YouTube channel, it's prohibitively expensive. It's a yeah. shame it happens. Yeah. You'd need to do all the metal detecting to get enough coins to then buy it, but then by then <laughs> you've already... You pay back the cost of the metal detector in the, in the first two weeks, easy, <laughs> minimum, like, you know, it's very quick. Pays for itself, mate. So Clarice is called out on a separate case in West Virginia, mm. born and raised uh, on the playground where she spends most of her days. Uh, we find the MO of Mr. Bill, Mr. Buffalo Bill, is that kind of keeps them alive for a few days and then he uh, mutilates them after they are uh, dead and he shoots them and removes their skin and, yeah, pretty gross and so gross and mysterious that they 
they've literally wanted this. This is what they want to have. They wanted Hannibal Lecter to offer help. They wanted to, to deal with the uh, the cannibal man. Mm. The local police in Virginia are local creeps, more like. Yeah, again, we've got more starey, sneery men. I mean, I'd be sneering at them. You all look exactly the same. You look like a really boring mutant who has the power to mutate slowly into the same man over and over again. They, they t- <laughs> <laughs> they do all look like kind of default man. Like if you had like a, but they look yeah a little sick though. Like there's a little something like kind of a little off about yeah. them. Like, like you if know? you have like create a skater on Tony Hawk and you don't change any of the settings, <laughs> and he's like, "Yep, that's my guy." Done. Boom. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> I just make eight of them just stand them all in a row he probably has a tattoo on his calf mm. like you know of like a world on fire <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they uh, go to have a look at the body and uh, you know it's gonna be a right stinker in more ways than one when you're dabbing up the old Vaseline to have a look at the the body which is kind of turned a little bit away you want your bake off cake to not look like it's it's gone a little bit off it's gone a little bit uh, discoloured it looks like it's fallen on the floor a bit it's a it's a scene which critics are raving about and calling grisly and deeply upsetting. Mm. What What's the um, before the body is kind of unveiled, what's the stuff they pop on their noses, all of them? Oh, it's like Vicks, basically a really right. strong version of Vicks, and that gets right up in the back of your nose. The idea <laughs> is you will get the smell of yeah. arse and dead on you. So. Clarice like turns away to do it, whereas everyone else just does it open it. I didn't know if there was some significance in that. Uh, I think she was like seeing it being opened up. She was maybe just turning away, like realising the smell was about to hit her maybe, and uh. trying to shield away yeah. correct dosage you know oh fun fact about Vicks do you know if you rub it on your feet mm. you will uh, like smell it later on like it'll actually work its way up through your body apparently oh god yeah if you've got like really stuffy nose and sinuses rub some uh, Vicks now Cinnasoil is a podcast for entertainment purposes only yeah. we're by no means advocating that you actually rub Vicks on your feet but it will go up there and cause a sensation allegedly where you will uh, feel your nose getting cleared same as well if you rub an onion there you'll taste it in your mouth I feel this is the setup for like uh, my nose is running and my feet are smelling type gag I tell you what Sam <laughs> you're back down in, in Blackpool the old tired gag I tell you what Sam rub an onion <laughs> ladies and gentlemen rub an onion on your foot and put some smelly Vicks on the other one. Oh no like, yeah. and drink this smelly glass full of mustard and vinegar like <laughs> The victim's got a cocoon in her throat. Yeah, I thought it was a stuffed vine leaf at the start. And I was like, oh, you're going to have a good time. Those are always good. You shouldn't eat those in one big gulp, though, should you? you should... <laughs> no, no. No. That's a three chomper sound, yeah. is what that is. So, yeah, he picks it out. Da-na-na. Who's that Pokemon? <laughs> <Da-na-na>. <laughs> it's Metapod! Da-na-na. Yeah, so that, that plays into this whole very... A little bit heavy-handed theme of, of transformation. Mm. The little caterpillar or cocoon and then become a, a beautiful moth. Beautiful, horrible, <laughs> upsetting moth. Like, yeah. Ew. I'm just saying that all right, I don't mean to judge and hate on moths because I know they're scary and they get a hard time. Yeah. But that moth was born of pure hatred and malice and, and literally grew off the suffering of others. Yeah. It's not a nice is a, a bad moth, Sam, and we should have it arrested. Clarice goes to chat about the moth with these lads who are playing, I think, bug chess? Which just sounds like a Kickstarter that just missed out. Like, yeah. Oh, 78%, guys. Dang it. No, we're not going to be able to play fucking bug chess. And these guys are kind of creeps as well. One of them's alright, but one of them's a bit like, do I go and do I have hamburgers with me? Ew, no one's stop, have hamburgers with a bug gross nerd. No way. But one, one of them is quite, in a way, says something quite cute, which is like, is this a clue from a real murder case? Cool! 
like that. I think that's, you know, that's sweet. I feel in our kind of family comedy version of Silence of the Lambs, yeah. I feel that this would kind of, you know, tie in there nicely as well. These kind of comedy nerds, I think they would, they'd be a little bit of light relief. The wacky neighbors, wacky, yeah. maybe, or yeah, something like that, you know? <laughs> What zany schemes this week? What if we had a flea market that was run by fleas? fleas? Oh, you numbskulls. They're the real flea brains, if you know what I'm saying. They figure out that this moth is an Asian moth. And in order to get this moth over here, you would have had to import the eggs and then, like, look after it, is what they're saying. So they're after an enthusiast, is it? More than a hobbyist. They're this after is to enthusiast levels. Like, yeah, absolutely. They need a, a, a moth, moth lover. If I was them, and I know how business works. They should speak to his man of moths straight away. <laughs> so, um, so they figure out that the girl that's missing is actually a senator's daughter, mm. and they do the appeal. And it's very cool. They're analyzing like, oh, like you know, the appeal here it may seem heartfelt, but it's actually very calculated how they're you know saying her name over and over again to make sure that she's humanized in the eyes yeah. of the killer. It's all very psychologically based. It's and of course for like the nineties, this is kind of like one of the first times this kind of stuff, you know, behavioral psychology is really playing out for for kind of for yucks and for for a movie and whatnot. So it's pretty cool to see it. I'm going to bear that technique in mind if I'm ever. In- any kind of danger i'm just gonna keep saying sam chaplin sam sam chaplin sam 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 now if you're careful because there's like an almost like a, a level you'll cross for saying it so much it'll become so irritating right you'll be like i i'm proper gonna kill you now just for the convenience of it they might just think i'm i'm a pokemon and i just <laughs> can only say my name <laughs> They'll send you into battle, Sam, and confine you to a ball. It's not the life for you. So Clarice is back with Hannibal, and she's got a sweet deal. He can go to a pretty sweet club-fed prison and get to spend one week a year on the beautiful, exotic Plum Island. Mm. Plum Island. You can go in the sea, mate. You can have a swim. For one hour. They're not going to let him swim. That was not real. With no SWAT team supervision. Come nah. on, it's just totally... They can have one of them special force fields, like in the movies, you know, to keep him out. Or in Santa Park. <laughs> <laughs> Big dome over the sea. Nah, he... he I, th- I don't know if he... Has he legitimately been tricked by this? Or is he kind of playing along? He's kind of playing along because he's got different endgames, isn't he? Because he, he knows he's ultimately planning to escape and get the opportunity. He's at least four or five steps ahead, this Hannibal Lecter customer. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say that he's just kind of playing along. I think he realizes it's too good to be true because Plum Island is the hottest ticket this summer. So, you know, he knows he ain't getting reservations there. And his kind of fixation is just like, right, I'll like play along with you, but only if I can ask very personal questions. Yeah. And that's one of the first rules of Hannibal. Animal Club is you're not supposed to tell him personal stuff. She kind of flaunts that pretty much from the get-go. But that's his bargaining tool, isn't it? He's like, well, I'll I'll tell you something. You gotta tell me about your your dad. Don't lie, I'll know. Will, will you? <laughs> yes, of course I will. Like the large man who's holding me sees everything, <laughs> and he tells me. So she uh, tells him about the moth after you're know, telling about her father and dying and whatnot, and uh, him basically being shot, uh, you know, defending from a burglar and died slowly over the course of like you know a number of weeks so it was like very tragic and traumatic and she kind of got passed around so she's kind of like a character like in a video game as you level up you unlock more of her cutscenes like yeah. like oh now we know a little bit more about what's happened so yeah. she very much 
movie you have the cutscene that cuts to the still images of of the character, you know, maybe told through a comic book effect or something. It's cut down on costs. We get into some weird territory here where I was honestly quite confused where Hannibal is talking about Buffalo Bill and like him not him not being a transsexual. Yeah. He's not a transsexual, he just thinks he is. And I'll be honest, I was very confused, and then he knocked me for six by following up by saying, Did you get sodomized by a rancher? So he was very much a one-two punch here, Mr. Lecter. A lot going on in that chat. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're all over the place here on the radar. Yeah. yeah. When Hannibal mentions that, Clarice sort of says that, you know, there's no link between that and violence. But then Hannibal is saying, but it's not that. I don't... Yeah, what he's saying is what? he has this extreme pathological narcissism where he's lying to himself. And apparently the director got called out, apparently, yeah. after this movie came out about its kind of depiction of trans people and whatnot. And he was very defensive, saying, no, 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 he wasn't trans the character at all what he was was someone who like hated himself so much that he constructed this fake persona to to try and distance himself from it it just seems to me it's maybe quite a clumsy interpretation yeah yeah it it all feels a bit uh it some of it is kind of conversationally handled okay yeah but some of the portrayal of Buffalo Bill is a bit, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of, when you look at like in the 90s and the late 80s, you probably don't have a lot of gay characters to begin with. And as one as high profile as this, which is probably going to be quite a uh, strong negative uh, impact, let's just say. I don't think maybe Buffalo Bill has uh, aged as particularly well as some other parts of this movie. No, perhaps not. But this kind of ties into that whole transformation thing with the butterfly. Hannibal knows about that. We cut to Bill uh, with his kind of well that he's got. Yeah, no, is this a scene which you maybe this was like done in South Park and a few other places the whole it rubs the lotion on its skin I have heard that before and I kind of am aware of some of these scenes with Buffalo Bill I honestly didn't realise it was the same movie Hmm. I didn't realise that Buffalo Bill was a character in this I kind of was aware of uh, you know that scene and that right I didn't link it to this I thought Hannibal Lecter was big bad in this oh I see I see I mean he's quite scary and terrifying Buffalo Bill in this whole uh, routine he's a uh, you know he tells her very forced you have to put the lotion in the skin and put the the lotion back in the basket it's a very basic skincare routine <laughs> and nowhere near the recommended 10 step in South Korea which as we know is kind of what we should be aiming for in the long run if we're looking for proper skincare uh, down the line there uh, it was made a little bit more freaky for me. Now, I don't know if you've seen Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but he looked proper like Willy Wonka from that movie. Like, he was quite scary, I found. Yeah. And, you know, the, the upside down shots, like, kind of, it rubs the lotion on its skin, it puts it in the basket. Good day, sir. <laughs> Didn't like him uh, a lot. I mean, she did steal those fizzy lifting drinks, and. <laughs> That shouldn't go unpunished. I'm not saying that this was a fair punishment. <laughs> Little but, excessive. You know, the the referring to the the victim as it and the kind of third person thing, I think is super creepy. Yeah, um, I kind of find myself very quickly forgetting the names of like the victims in this. Like, yeah. I have to go and check up because the movie sure does a good job at kind of yeah dehumanizing everyone a bit and it's being kind of yeah viewed as it because you're always out of focus when you see the the victims' bodies and whatnot or yeah. she's all the way at the bottom of a well you rarely see them kind of for for very long i think that's intentional isn't it that's kind of reflecting buffalo bill's view of these people and also his ability to dig a well which fucking impressive that's fucking insane like that's unbelievable how does one even think to do that unless buffalo bill bought the house 
saw that there was a well in there. It was just a really good multi-tiered rockery, like originally, like, all the way up spiral style. This is a hundred percent what I need. <laughs> Sold. Get these shrubs out of here. Yeah. Get me a pulley, goddammit. Perfect. We got to see Hannibal in his iconic little cage mask. Mm. Say the line, Hannibal. <laughs> Yay! Been transferred to Memphis. I'm sorry, I need to talk about that noise again for a second, because it's just been sticking with me. But can you imagine how many times, you know, Anthony Hopkins, he's clearly a man who takes himself rather seriously. He holds mm. himself like a knight of the realm, does he not? Have you seen that video of him recently, though? No, what Of video? him doing a funny dance. Oh no, is he doing a silly little jig? So this, this that I am sending you now, is the video of Anthony Hopkins recently, which is a very serious man who is... Bug-eyed Anthony <laughs> Hopkins. Oh my God, start as you mean to go on. Look at this freak, Anthony Hopkins. Uh... Oh my God. Yeah. Kind of terrifying, isn't it? Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God, it's only halfway done. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god! It's like the aliens coming out of his body! Oh my god! <laughs> call the- call Space Force! Fucking hell! This guy! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. I think he just- It's like Roger Rabbit! It's like, remember <laughs> the face I made when I killed your brother? It was just like this! I think uh... he just posted on Twitter one day, just like, I'm feeling happy. Oh, fucking hell nice. I was going to say do you imagine how many times he's had people go up going go on Anthony go on Sir Anthony Hopkins go do the do the line do the voice and he has to like oh god I'm sorry I don't want to do it I'm on holiday like you know but now they're probably do the dance mate do the do the bug eyed dance <laughs> I can only do it twice a day my cardiologist says I do it anymore <laughs> like my eyes will explode um, for those at home I might link that on the Twitter or Facebook when this goes up please, so you can check please it out yourself do. people need to see that he is not a human he is part of the <laughs> lizard liberal elite ruling class who have come here with old Red Ed at the helm, those lizards are, are in charge and they're cracking down. Hopkins is one of them. You saw what he was capable of in Westworld season one. Mm. No spoilers for season two, obviously, Sam. You know, Thank we're, you. We're, we're going to keep you keep you safe, okay? Mm. So, turns out the deal he was offered, and uh, we can see him in his cool, iconic little face mask. Yes. And, uh, turns out the deal he was offered was bogus and phony. And yeah, he is still pretending to play ball. He's like, oh no, I'm a good guy. I don't even need to see your deal. I'll tell you exactly where they are and who Buffalo Bill is. Yeah. But he likes to get in there again, doesn't he? He always has to have his last word. Typical Hannibal. Always has to have the last word with his cutting remark. Ooh, do you get hard nipples it was? When you see your dead daughter and so and so. Yeah. It was dreadful fucking carry on from this I, lad. I, so it I was. I proper like your suit. Your suit's great. Love the uh, great suit. No, don't mask the mean thing you said with a compliment. Yeah. I'm still livid from what you said earlier. He's not. Nipples. He's not fully understood negging, has he? He's not, he's not quite got it. He's a terrible bloke, this Hannibal Lecter. He gives a full description of the guy. He says exactly what he looks like, where to find him, how he knows him. Got the name as well. Yeah, it's a uh, very obviously <laughs> Lewis a <Fred>. trap. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> right. If anyone needs any more proof that anagrams are super hard, yeah. they had ages to make this movie. Millions of dollars. And 
That was the hardest thing, hard, they tried all of them. Yeah. Including Anthony Hopkins was there. I can't think of a better one. There's a, a little bit just before that when he's with Chilton and, and Chilton's sort of making another deal with him and he's got this golden pen. Special pen. Children's yeah, got a and he pen. keeps eyeing it up, like. And then it goes missing. Does Hannibal nick the pen? He does. He nicks the pen. He gets the little, like, it's like the nib or something that he uses later on. How does he, how does he nick the pen? Paul Daniels, mate. It's the fast hands. Bloody you hell. Know. You were too busy with your jaw on the floor looking at Debbie McGee in her sparkly <laughs> new dress. Yeah? Well, old Daniels, the master of trickery, <laughs> intensely pulls the wool under your eyes. Oh. Yeah, me now. You've seen the trick. Yeah. <laughs> I love the hick cops are here, like, hey, he's a vampire. Is that true? So he, he gives them this description and the name. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Chilton's very, very proud of himself, isn't he? He is. He's getting all interviewed and he's like, I can't tell, tell you the name, but I can tell you my name. It's Mr. Chilton. <laughs> I tell you what, huh? Chilton here, like the cat who's got the cream, yeah. he is, is what he is. He's, he's very full of himself, is mm. what he is. Hannibal's been moved to some new digs. It's very, very secure, this one. It's a special cage, because if the bars don't stop him, these police barricades will. <laughs> he's just been a fucking hell in a cell match. He's very, he's, he's barricaded in there. Yeah. yeah. But it's like in the middle of a, what looks like something, somewhere between like a theater and a school gym. They're betting you know, they were like, it's like, well, this place is haunted, so let the monsters fat each other, is what I say. <laughs> Maybe that ghost and that vampire will take care of each other, like the snake and the mongoose. Yeah. So Clarice has got drawings, but yeah, he's seen through her pathetic offer. Turns out that the island was a special anthrax colony, so uh, burn on you. Mm. He, he does his uh, good evening, Clarice, which I think is a famous line, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Good evening, uh, yeah. Paris. Yeah. Clarice, Clarice. And she's figured out the, the friend, the Lewis friend anagram. Because everything's a bloody anagram. It's an anagram of like is it fool's gold, iron something. <laughs> yeah, because he's he's smart, isn't he? A I'm doctor. So, this is fool's gold because Chilton's a fool, and this is gold uh, to him. And he, if he had the chemical symbol for cat and cream, that's the one that he'd be using. <laughs> because Chilton, as mentioned previously, lapping it up, he was like a cat who had got the cream. In in that case, I' gonna say this right. He's only scary in hindsight, having seen this movie. Like you know, this is my second time probably of seeing it because I mm. saw it maybe like I don't know ten or so years ago. Yeah, but I think he's only scary because of them camera angles. They're very good camera angles, aren't they? They are. He's like his entire face just frames the screen. And if you like, imagine him like you know, like if you imagine him like in in vertical mode on like an iPhone screen. Yeah. You know, from from the jowls up the nasal passage. Yeah. He becomes a, a more of a clown like figure, much more like a like a silly clown than a scary villain, as we've seen in his performance. But the way these shots work, he starts off with quite a long shot of him in between the bars, sitting down far away. And slowly but surely, the shots turn into right close-up of his face. While watching it, and I don't want to make too much of this, but it's one of those things that creeps up up on you without you realising that it's happening. Yeah, like in uh, The Shining, when it's the slow zoom-out of the maze, and it's like, wow, it's uh, slowly changed before your eyes. Like the theme of transitions, boom! These cuts between them, like, if you think about it, like a second ago he was just all the way over there, but now he's over here. Yeah, the camera angle's here, the shot's super, super well done, super creepy. They bring you in close to him. Very close, uncomfortably close. 
and you're not supposed to get close to him, and it brings you in close. He got such rave reviews for this performance, and it's like you're considered to be like one of the all-time like iconic greatest performances ever. Mm. But I must say, like you know, as great as he is in it, I think he's in this movie so little. He's like on screen for it feels only like 25 minutes or something like that. He's hardly yeah. on it, and you get so much work with the cameras and the music that it kind of really builds around him. It's kind of a yeah, it's it's more of a complete package this character than just old Tony Hopkins. Pro skater. <laughs> he's got some great scenes to work with, hasn't he? Yes, absolutely. He's not in it much, but the bits that he is in it are very, very good quality. So she unlocks more of her backstory, which is recounting her inability while on her ranch to save these lambs who were met with certain doom and she couldn't carry them across all, so she could only carry one and she had to hear the, uh, the these horrible deaths of all these little lambs. And the rancher apparently like was very upset with her and she got kicked out. And yeah, will saving the girl make the lambs scream stop? Find out a science of the lambs rolls down historic route 66. <laughs> well, now, <laughs> well, now we realise why the film is called The Screaming Lambs. Yeah. Ow! Oh, now I get it. What do you think it would sound like? Well, the lambs. Like, Because, you know, sometimes animals do have noises that will kind of surprise you. Like, Billy got me on recently to... It is a turtle having sex with a shoe. And so it's very... It's a, right. mm, it's a very soft noise. Like, So I wonder <laughs> if, like, you know... Yeah, Screaming <laughs> Lamb might be like, you know, something <laughs> kind of... <laughs> it might be as bad as you think, you know? Yeah, I mean, have you heard goats just having a, a chat? They've got very human-sounding voices, goats. Oh, yeah, the natter. They sound like uh, very angry humans, <laughs> like, confused. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Finding stuff out. You made them sound like they're Luigi. They're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> a lamb might just sound like a little upset child you know and that's that's worse isn't it it is it's uh, the sweetest most innocent thing there is yeah uh, particularly if you're catholic where lamb goes in massively like so big on the lamb symbolism but not so much that there's any restrictions on eating the lamb if anything lamb is encouraged to be eaten around the easter time well it's tasty isn't it it is the sweetest yeah. thing there is he proper gets off on all of this yeah he's, he's having a great time like he just feels like slowly like the tension's been released from this belief it's kind of like he's very like a very silent fart has been let out he's like oh loving every second of this little bit yeah. of tension being released there his little white clothes though Sam it made him look like a very sinister little Andrew WK like an evil anti-party Andrew <laughs> WK would show up to stop the party and tell everyone to stop and think about bad vibes <laughs> that's such a that's that's perfect Party hard, more like eat people hard, am I yeah. right? They make physical contact, these two. There's a little touch. Yeah, it's a bit much. There, she's yeah. broken like rules seven through eighteen of Fight Club now. I mean, sorry, uh, Lecter Club. He pulls an old switcheroo on the guards, does old Hannibal, and he mm. cuffs one of them. Uh, very clever, very sneaky, like a like a fox. He is here. He eats another man's face and then mm. maces him afterwards, which you know is going to be the worst stinginess stinging. Yeah, ever. that's particularly brutal. That. Oh. I couldn't watch that song. Not if you paid me. Oh, that was horrible. But he's so calm. He is. And he's, you know, remarkable shape for a man who's been in a very small cell life. Yeah. Know? He's spry. It's very dispassionate what he's doing. He just kind of yeah. does it. He's very like a uh, machine-like killing. Like. This is what he has to do. Yeah. He is proper creepy. He clubs the guy to death who he had cuffed up. And yeah, I mean, the guy's brought him his dinner and it looked like genuinely like a lovely dinner. Like, like something you get from a harvester. A second dinner from harvester. The lamb chops and a nice big baked potato. He's eating lamb. 
He's drawing Clarice with the lamb. He's eating he lamb. Is. He's taunting her with the lamb. Like, it's a delicious way to taunt someone, you know? It'd be horrible if, like, she had, like, a traumatic backstory that was about, like, some shit, like, gruel or something like that. And he's like, oh, I have to eat this <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. rubbish meal. He's like, yeah, I got proper good lamb. And as well, right? I know it comes in looking like a harvester, but at the end, where he's eating everyone. It's like, I know, I've heard the portions in Harvester are hashtag <laughs> epic. I've heard they are hashtag epic. But come on. <laughs> uh, but come on, like, I want to yeah. tweet Hugh Friendly Dane Withlington stale bottom about this and let him know that that is probably too much calories. That's probably at least a week's worth of protein and more than your RDA of blood. Mm, too much. A big mess. Too much blood. So the crops go up to see what's going on and they greet you with an open crucifixion. He's kind of like vivisected them almost. It's uh, yeah. very horrible. It's, which Nirvana album cover was that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's yucky. I don't know how he did that. It takes a lot of effort. Yeah, he must have a, a great, like... Now, not to draw too many parallels between something like a pop-up pirate or a buckaroo, mm. or a kerplunk, any kind of the other kind of very nimbly placed up type of games where you know something yeah. can fall and, oh, it's all wrong. But I imagine he'd be very good at those type of games as a result. The stillness there would make him, if anything, a master. I uh, do not oh, challenge Hannibal. I go, oh, mate, don't eat me, but you know, place a bet. Play me in a game of buckaroo. You're going to fucking lose. Yeah. I think it would have been a very boring scene to have him actually stringing up that police officer on the cage thing. <laughs> A long shot. That would have taken fucking ages. <laughs> like, where did he get all the tools? It looks cool, but, like, that's going to take a long time. Sam, let's just call it what it is, all right? And I'm tired of, like, the everyone being politically correct. It's what it is. It's art, isn't it? It's a beautiful piece yeah. of... Yeah. <laughs> It's it yes it's edgy and it's daring and it asks us questions like is this horrible and would you take this away from me now please it's one of the most horrid shots in the entire film should it be nominated for the Turner Prize I don't know but <laughs> I, I think it's worth considering that's in the panel's hands now Sam yeah it's in the panel's hands yeah it's up to them the big dirty minger that he is he's definitely like blood <laughs> dripping in like the, the like honestly. The only thing worse is if you left like wet towels on the floor as well. But this is blood dripping from the top of the elevator. Clean yeah. up your shit, mate. Ew, gross. Very tense. The whole kind of cops trying to find Hannibal when he's got a gun and the lift going all over the place. Yeah, it did make me want for like a Hitman type video game where you're Hannibal Lecter keeping away from all the cops and whatnot. Yeah, a, a stealth game. Yeah, you can kill people and it's not feel anymore. Like, yeah, you know, just, <laughs> we're gonna stop that altogether. The best strategy is to put a mask of another man's face. On your face oh. and just lie down forever. I did not see that coming. That was textbook switcheroo that right was there. Switcher- that, was- that was like hustle, you know? Ooh. That was like they've swapped the briefcases. That oh. is, yeah, like final segment of the real hustle. Like, are you kidding me? Oh, we cut that guy's face off and put it on his own face. That's how. And then they, they talk to the psychologist and they're like, well, actually, if you see someone who's wearing a cut off face, it's very much like if they're wearing a high vis jacket. You just assume a level of authority and don't question it. Yeah. You'll do literally anything. This woman is giving her car keys to this man <laughs> who's got a skin for a face. <laughs> So, yeah, Hannibal and Skin Mask, and we find out as well that he only went and bit a tourist. Having fun on the run! My pitch for the summer vacation episode of the Hannibal Lecter family road trip comedy that is now being developed for ABC. Clarice, kind of, she does a little bit of a figuring out herself, and she reckons that Bill must know the victims from someplace, so mm. she starts talking to the victim's kind of friends. She gets a bit of a vibe when she sees this person is a, like a seamstress, and she comes with the theory that Buffalo Bill, the reason why he's going after larger women and keeping them alive is so he can skin them and he wants to make a skin suit 
suit out of them. Mm. On the on the old fashion front, would you wear a, a suit made of human skin? Uh, what I will say is that I would try it on. I I can just imagine the face like like a really like a sour for like you know ah uh, no you know what it 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 cling to you I, wouldn't it? I thought about it for two seconds and no <laughs> even if it was like you know properly treated and dried out and it just felt like leather do you think like reckon if this thing ran its course and like Buffalo Bill did make the skin suit and he's like all right here we go. Oh, actually, no. I don't, I'm not as fond as that. Oh, no, I've made a terrible mistake, you know. The Buffalo Bill would make it and be like, oh, this is rubbish. <laughs> yeah. This is... <laughs> I thought this would be a right oh, laugh. This is, is absolutely... <laughs> this is a load of old shite. This is the conceptual fashion version of eyes bigger than the stomach. There's a reason why everyone else uses fabric. I should have thought this through. I didn't think how the material would age over time. I didn't make allowances for my materials or the conditions that I was keeping them in. So, yeah, they're obviously after the wrong guy then. The FBI, who are on a kind of bit of a manhunt at the moment. Mm. And we get the iconic goodbye horses scene, where yeah. all the horses of the movie are with their best wishes <laughs> on their way off yeah. for a, a long-earned break. Jodie Foster's like, go on now. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> y'all y'all need to go on. And all the horses are like, goodbye. <laughs> and there's this one horse who's a little bit like saying, now come on now, Tyler. And okay, you know, maybe she has to threaten a bit more of a oh, yeah. that kind of special spank they give the horses. None of that naysaying. Come on. Okay. <laughs> The kind of the cheeky spank to give the horses like, ooh, all right, I'll be yeah. on my way. Off you go. Goodbye, horses. Yeah. Did you have this reference to anything that, like, in pop culture has this come up before? Because it's considered to be, like, one of the kind of, like, the big, like, wah, you know, iconic scenes from this movie. It's, th- that song is in the soundtrack of, I believe, Skate 2. So... That is not an appropriate place to have that song. I know it from that. I just thought it was a, it was a banger. Does seeing this kind of scene, did that kind of maybe, like if you were loading up Skate 2, as I know you totally probably will, Yeah, would you, would that like throw you on this kind of, oh, Buffalo Bill, like a bit of a, a strange character and uh, upsetting scenes and whatnot. Would I think that I, sound shivers down the spine? I've been graced with uh, a good few years of not associating that song with that scene. I think you know what, I'm, very, I'm very glad of those years and I'm lucky to have had that and now now it's, it belongs to that scene and that's fine yeah you've had a good run yeah. you know better than most of us I've done a bunch of kickflips and he has the iconic line doesn't he and he has a good look in the mirror and he says I'd fuck me hard so I would <laughs> and it's my way to humanise if I put it in just a, a, an, a, yeah. an accent from back home and from the village it doesn't seem like such a big deal it seems okay it's alright you know it's not upsetting anymore no I did find this hard, a hard watch if I'm honest I yeah. didn't have a, the best time of watching it yeah meanwhile the FBI are raiding at an empty place the killer is not here they've not gotten a blues clue they've gotten a blues ruse and now they're blues rubes I could, I could kind of see that twist coming I couldn't see the face mask twist coming but when the FBI were like, oh no, don't worry, Clarice, we've got it, we've got the right place. Someone gave us a tip-off and it was fine. I'm like, did they? You're the guys who sneered, you know, I don't trust their judgment yeah, at all. Like, like. Clarice was right all along and they, you know, they need to to trust her. So, yeah, this is kind of, you get cut between a couple of scenes here as, like, stuff is going on at Buffalo Bill's hideout. Yeah. The girl has kidnapped the dog, so she's trying to... It's a good move, uh, by the way. Clever. It's, it, it's a power play, Sam. Wonderful it's a stuff. power play. Yeah. Would you say if someone went for, for miles, like, would that be, like, okay, no negotiations, this is over? Yeah. I'd be like, goodbye, I mean, horses. Fuck this. Right. <laughs> give, me, <laughs> give me... Give me miles. Put him in the bucket. I'll bring him up. Off you go. Deal. A deal's a deal. Fair's fair. Yeah, like. don't, yeah, let's, don't let's hurt stop Miles. This nonsense. 
I, I noticed the Buffalo Bills got swastika sheets because, of course, let's just throw that in there as well. Yeah, they kind of lump in a lot of stuff. He's very busy, isn't he? Like, yeah, you know, a lot going on. It's it's kind of a very broad, like swing in the dark of like what we think a nasty kind of you know strange bisexual transvestite. We don't understand it. Woo-ah. Just bung everything it, in there. Yeah, it's and kind, the Nazi as well. And they they hate the cure as well. They're pretty, really f- just awful. Yeah, pretty good taste in music, Buffalo Bill. I think. Yeah, he's pretty pretty. I good. like some of the jams that are coming out of that house. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't think any would be more more of a letdown as a vacation destination than, than this spot. Maybe you know Plum Island, <laughs> aka Anthrax <laughs> Island, would weigh harshly on my TripAdvisor scoreboard. But uh, yeah, Bill's got a good soundtrack mm. going from at least. So she is pretty much onto him straight away because they say there's like, like old lady Millard or whatever they've done mm. stitch work with and she arrives and it's clear it's Buffalo Bill and she has such a smell of want on him, the big weirdo. He's so obviously a baddie. Yeah, he's, he's very bad at hiding his baddie status. How do they get away for so long when they're like, like so patently obviously a wrong and like? And so they're just like, I'm a murderer. I mean, hi. <laughs> Whoa, let me just put down these uh, tools I use for murder right here. The big cling film was a dead giveaway as well. Yeah, who has big cling film? And someone who's went to Costco or once. Yeah. And they're kind of a little bit overwhelmed by the experience and how this big cling film is like a constant reminder, like you're way ahead of yourself there, pal. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a moth in the house. There's a moth. She's the moth. And the moth is the key to it all, of course. The moth she recognises as being a... Thanks, bug nerds, wacky neighbours. The proof is in the moth pudding, and there's a big bloody (laughs) moth there. Oh, did I ever tell you there was a kid in my school who, like, poured a bowl of cereal one morning, and uh, there was a moth in it, a great big dirty moth. And it was like a Minoc from Empire Strikes Back, like, and just... Any sort of moth-in-mouth thing just makes me go... Like, a butterfly in my mouth, I, I would survive, but a moth in the mouth... Which is just kind of a more powdery butterfly experience, I guess. Would you don't make moth me mouth. freak out. Oh no, not at all. The poster scared me more than most of this movie. I would say. Mm. I, I get the poster now. Yeah, yeah. Makes, uh, get makes that. Good sense. Get the name. The moth is just like shh. <laughs> shut up and cal- calm down. Shut up, like you know. Yeah. So she does freeze on him, but he like runs away anyway, literally breaking the rules of police. Like she is well in her rights now to shoot him, pretty much. Yeah. But Buffalo Bill is kind of just a clever little, oh, um, I'm sneaking away. The double take, like. So she explores the lair. She finds the girl and the, the dog as well. And she has to mm. kind of like basically be like, I'm going to come back. You stay sassy down there. See you in a bit. Bye. I think the girl is like, don't leave me, you bitch, at one point. Yeah, I mean, you'd be pretty ticked off as well. So. No, I mean, if someone's come to save me, if, you know, if I'm in that situation... And someone's come to get me. I know. I feel every person who's going to be the first one down into the hole where everyone's been kept is going to be met by, to be honest, Sam, a bunch of sourpuss faces. They're going to have a bad time. They're going to let people know about it. Well, (laughs) I mean, don't don't shoot the messenger. I don't know what what I'm trying to say there. (laughs) Don't call Clarice a bitch is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a bit bang out of order. We've all had a bad day, all right? Yeah, we've all been there, you know. We've all had to chase a moth down a street, you know. We have to chase a moth through a lair. I did like it because she is going after the moth, but she has her gun out, so it's like, freeze, moth. Like, it really looks like a silly kind of, <laughs> well, stop that moth. Yeah. He's got my mother's jewels or something. Very magical tale. Open the bathroom, full of horrible old refried beans. Oh, God, that bath. That bath was... Ooh. 
you only see it for a second, but good lordy. Like, it would take a real charitable person on Comic Relief to be like, all right, I'll pop in there. You know, most oh, people like, you know Skinner and Badil might just about, you could twist their arm like... So we had the night vision sequence, which for you must have just been like, kind of, I don't know, night vision porn or whatever people in the night vision community call us. Yeah, I think that's what we call it. We call it night vision porn when MVP. you see anyone, first person perspective of night vision goggles, you're like, yes, <laughs> yes, here we are. This is the right color scheme for me. Uh, it made it seem like an episode of Most Haunted, so pretty dang scary yeah. if you ask me. So she's after him, she's chasing around, you know, it's quite scary because she's in the dark again, we don't know much about her carrot intake, she's not got the night vision goggles. She starts shooting wildly towards his direction when she catches a glimpse of him. There was literally a moment where she shot the window and you know, all the light came in, I was like, yes, got him. Because like for a second I just thought, the vampire, this one. Because <laughs> I just, you know, zoned out a little bit and I was like, oh yeah, he was the vampire. Oh wait, no, it wasn't him, it was not Anthony Hopkins who was not a vampire, so... Mm. She did a pretty bang-up job of shooting them. Nice, good splatter everywhere. A+. plus. Yeah, great job. Great shooting. The training's paid off. Yeah, she graduates as well, which is very like, a good job. You eliminated this horrible monster. Good thing you didn't arrest him or anything like that. My favourite thing about the, the sort of graduation is the, the big FBI cake. I want a big slice of that FBI cake. What's, what flavour do you reckon is inside? Uh, crime. <laughs> So, yeah, to have graduation after all these events is as stressful as I imagine the graduation was in Harry Potter. Uh, I didn't read the last two books, but I assume the graduation was a right, you know, head-scratcher. Was it? I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm I don't know. To, <laughs> I'm expecting you to fill me in on this. You're my, you're my pop culture either. guy. No. You're, I, you're my Potterhead. I've, I've not read them book. He's very polite, though, Hannibal. Listen, he gives her a nice call. And he's just, I just give you a quick message and let you know I won't be murdering you now. Yeah, just giving you three rings just to let you know I'm, I'm safe. <laughs> if you want me to murder you, just the one ring will do. It'll be fine. I'll yeah. do it quick and slow. And he says he's having an old friend for dinner. Now that for me, he's properly mugged himself there at the end. What? You've had a, you've invited yeah. a friend for dinner to what? To eat people with? That's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> what, what's this you're serving? Stay tartar. No, it's a... Have you ever tried, people? Boom. Well, it's the silence of the lambs. And <laughs> when when he did that line, that he didn't just turn straight to the camera and kind of do a little wink, having an old friend for dinner. Yeah, like you wanted the freeze frame right there, right? Yeah. You know? They missed the trick. That's where it could have been. You could have had your big giant titles pop in there. No, or I would have been properly happy yeah. with that. Don't need um, no credit card to rat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't need to be quiet to silence the lambs oh man i'll be your liver if you'll be my father being tonight 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 but he, he's gonna kill children isn't he yeah pretty much like yeah, that's uh that's great justice it's justice yeah in the credits of the film i was watching a bit of the credits and two of the characters that came up in the credits were as follows friendly psychopath <laughs> and brooding psychopath. <laughs> I just think those are two very meaty roles. Do you think any guys went in there auditioned for both and would have been like exhausted with the, the dynamic shift between the two? Like, uh, Tell you what would be funny. If someone went in for friendly and someone went in for brooding and they, they each got the different part, the, the, the opposite one. <laughs> What a comedy of errors that would be! Like, I'm, I, I don't know, it's John. I'm just, I'm getting friendly psychopath. You're not giving me 
brooding psychopath here. I'm not seeing it in the eyes at all. It's like, wait a minute. I am being a broody psychopath. Yeah. Wait, let, let, wait, hold on. Let me give you one, one more try of this character. Okay, I'm going I'm to do it now. This broody okay. psychopath, all right? Here we go. Oh, you're all right. Oh, no, I fucked it. God damn it. No, can't. Sam Chaplin, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to hear your range and your uh, presence here. And I feel that we've all been a little bit brooded by a psychopath here tonight in the actor's studio. Now, there are other Hannibal Lecter movies, but I should say they are very shonky in quality. Um, If we ever do some sort of spin-off where we look at shonky sequels, maybe Hannibal might be one worth looking at, because that definitely has aged horrifically. I myself was very surprised at what a great thriller this still was, but uh, haven't gone through it, Sam. Thoughts on Silence... Of the lambs. I really liked it a lot. I think it was the the right level of not just super disgustingly gruesome. It's not an out-and-out horror. It's a thriller. There's a great deal of tension. There's some great characters. Were you scared throughout, would you say? Like, would you find this was, like, an experience? I know we always use The Shining as, like, your benchmark of, do you give you a bit of a chill? But were you chilled? I wasn't too heebie or jeebie about it. I think I was just the the right level, I think. I was, was a bit freaked out, but not... Not scared at any point, I don't think. Just engrossed, but not grossed out. Yeah, I mean, I'd say even though it deals with some very, very dark and very, like, grotesque subjects, I think this is one which, like, I think I remember a lot of the hubbub about this when I was a kid. This is very much the the video on the high shelf at the back of the VHS shop that Mm. was like, oh, this is the real scary flick that's come through here. And I think... A lot of that might be a bit of hysteria because if you compare it to any of like the schlocky horror movies that you were mentioning at the start, like a saw or you know, something like that, it's nowhere near it's as like tame. Yeah. visually disturbing. It is quite tame in a sense, but it is quite, I don't know, I do feel quite icky after watching it. Yeah, there's definitely an ick factor. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, do you think he was the, uh, like, this is like the iconic performance? Is this what you think you'll remember? I Yeah, I think it it was a, a great performance. All of his scenes were fantastic but i think jodie foster as well their whole dynamic was great she's fantastic yeah i would love a, a, like a, a good deal more scenes of just them chatting those were definitely the best parts of the movie and yeah i think like you know that is like the total strength of it and you get so little of them i guess at the end that is probably one of the best things about the movie like in the same way you don't see a lot of the grotesque stuff or the really scary stuff Leaves you don't you see a whole lot of him yeah after you see him it's usually a long kind of plodding scene where you get to kind of think about him and his disturbing eyes and he gave me all sorts of heebie-jeebies even i thought after watching like westworld and stuff it's like ah i will only see this kind of grand old mr peanut millionaire man in my head now i won't be freaked out by anthony hopkins no, he's still a... Still, still scary puppet man. A weird, weird, horrible, puce skull of a marionette. <laughs> it's very, very unsettling indeed. Well, it may not have been scary, but it was certainly thrilling. How many star wipes would you give this bad boy, Sam? Um, I think this is a solid four star wipes. Four star wipes. You heard it here first. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Cinema's World. This episode was produced by Kevin, and the music and editing was by me, Sam. As always, you can follow us on Twitter over at CinemaSwirl, or join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CinemaSwirl. If you have any questions, queries, comments, or stories, send them on over to CinemaSwirl at gmail.com. That's CinemaSwirl at gmail.com. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to us over on iTunes or whichever podcast thing you use. And if you like the show, leave a review. 
Anyway, we'll see you next time on Cinema Swell.